0: Welcome to the Counter Vortex with your ranter Bill Weinberg, ranting at you in the wee hours of February 17th, 2024, as always from my apartment on Manhattan's Lower East Side, which fortunately is not under aerial bombardment. For all of the relentless horror we have been witnessing in Gaza over the past Four months, with the death toll now approaching 30,000, it appears that we are now at a tipping point where everything is about to get much, much worse. After telling the population of Gaza to flee to Rafah in the south of the Strip along the Egyptian border, Israel is now taking the war Tarafa bombing the area, which has swollen from a population of 300,000 to some 1.5 million now. And Israeli authorities are talking about evacuation, quote-unquote, of the zone. But to where? There is only one place left for them to go and that's across the border into Egypt, finally putting into operation the long-prepared transfer, to use the official euphemism, of the Palestinians from Gaza altogether. And it now emerges, quoting from the Wall Street Journal here, reported February 15th, Egyptian authorities, fearful that an Israeli military push further into southern Gaza will set off a flood of refugees, are building an eight-square-mile walled enclosure in the Sinai Desert near the border, according to Egyptian officials and security analysts. The compound, to be capable of holding more than 100,000 people will be surrounded by concrete walls and will be located far from any Egyptian settlements, Unquote. So, if the Gaza Strip has heretofore been the equivalent of a Jewish ghetto under the Nazi regime, as Masha Gessen recently analogized, the Gazans are now about to be deported to an actual concentration camp, and the Egyptian government is cooperating, although I certainly acknowledge that Israel has put them in a very difficult position. I will note that the International Court of Justice today, February 16th, ordered Israel to implement a set of provisional measures it issued in its ruling last month, aimed at preventing the genocide of Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. The order states, quote, the court notes that the most recent developments in the Gaza Strip, and in Rafah, in particular, would exponentially increase what is already a humanitarian nightmare with untold regional consequences. As stated by the United Nations Secretary General, this perilous situation demands immediate an effective implementation of the provisional measures indicated by the court in its order of January 26, 2024, which are applicable throughout the Gaza Strip, including Rafah. End quote. I can't imagine what the consequences will be if Israel actually attempts to drive the Gazans across the border into Egypt. And this is the moment to urgently step up our protests, which I note have kind of slacked off in recent weeks, partly due to the cold weather here in New York, I guess, but also, I fear, due to this horror being normalized to a degree. And on the subject of mass detention and escalation to genocide— We have all been aware of the situation over the past five years in the far western province of the People's Republic of China, Xinjiang, or East Turkestan, as it is called by its indigenous Uyghur populace, a Turkic and Muslim people who, like the Palestinians, have been stigmatized as terrorists and subject to mass internment. Over the past years, China has built a gulag archipelago of massive new prison and internment camps with perhaps as many as 3 million, and certainly upwards of 1 million, Uyghurs and other Turkic and Muslim minority peoples, such as the Kazakhs, forcibly detained. There have been credible reports of forcible sterilization of women in these camps, forced labor in factories, producing export commodities, and even those outside the camp system are facing a totalizing police and surveillance state and a campaign of cultural cleansing. Mosques have been destroyed and religious activities suppressed those who use the Uyghur language in public are punished. Child separation from families is common. And in many cases, Han Chinese men loyal to the Chinese Communist Party are, quote, imposed on Uyghur households, unquote, to monitor and report behavior, according to human rights groups. Essentially, forced marriage, the diktat of state authorities. All of this has been documented by bona fide human rights groups. This program has been labeled a genocide, not only by the Uyghur leadership in exile, but also, and here is where it starts to get tricky, by Western governments. In January 2021, in the closing days of the Trump administration, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo Declared that China's actions in Xinjiang constitute genocide and crimes against humanity. The Biden administration has retained this policy and determination, the same Biden administration which is now enabling a genocide in Gaza at this very moment. Now, the official position of the White House is that it is warning Israel not to begin the rafa operation which is actually already begun until measures are taken to protect the civilian populace as if this would even be possible but there is no stick to back up this admonition absolutely no threat of a suspension of aid in fact the administration is pushing a new Israeli military aid package through Congress, even as this is happening. So this obvious hypocrisy, in addition to being bad for the Palestinians, which is obvious, is also bad for the Uyghurs, because it makes the legitimate claims that they are being targeted for genocide look politically motivated, which is why I was so glad to hear this video clip on Instagram by one Arslan Hidayat of the Uyghur Revival Association, an Australian-born Uyghur whose parents emigrated from the People's Republic and has relatives in detention back in Xinjiang. Listen to what he has to say. Uyghur from East Turkistan, and I see your genocide. We see your genocide. The Uyghur people are with you. We are going through exactly what you are going through. The only difference is you have been able to document the horrors of genocide, and we haven't been able to. The Uyghur people are taking strength from you. The fight that you have led on the ground, the fight that you have led on social media is a lesson for not just Uyghurs, but all oppressed people around the world. You have enlivened what it means to stand up for rights, for justice, for your land, against occupiers, against oppression. I'm Uyghur, but I'm also Palestinian. I share your pain, and I'm sure that you share mine. We are brothers and sisters in Deen, free Palestine, and free Pakistan. We are brothers and sisters in Deen. Free Palestine and Free East Turkestan was the last line. Deen is an Arabic word for religion, so that is a reference to the shared Islamic faith of the Palestinian and Uyghur peoples. And boy, do we need a voice to powerfully and succinctly cut through the BS, as Arslan Hidayat does here. A big Shukran to Arslan Hidayat. Let's go over a few recent news clips concerning the Uyghurs and Palestinians. First, this one from The Diplomat, a pretty good publication despite its staid and elitist name, with a focus on East Asia. Although this piece, while making a good point, is also, as we shall see, problematic Xinjiang versus Gaza the west's shifting definition of genocide the global north's foreign policy has a glaring contradiction regarding China's abuses in Xinjiang and Israel's in Palestine by Juan Alberto Ruiz Casado November 14th 2023 it begins by noting an editorial in the global times the Chinese Communist Party tabloid on October 19th, which took aim at Western double standards in defending the human rights of Muslims in Xinjiang and Palestine. The article quoted James Kariuki, the United Kingdom's deputy representative to the United Nations, who, as spokesperson for a group of 51 countries, charged that, quote, members of Uyghur and other predominantly Muslim minorities in Xinjiang continue to suffer serious violations of their human rights by the authorities of the People's Republic of China, end quote. This happened a day before UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's visit to Israel, which included a friendly exchange with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, to whom Sunak confessed, quote, we want you to win, end quote. Sunak was referring to Israel's military operation in Gaza, and Ruiz Casado comments, quote, Indeed, the timing of these two events, the statements against China at the UN General Assembly and the visit of Sunak to Israel, could not have been more striking. On the one hand, the United Kingdom, and particularly the United States, along with Ursula von der Leyen, president of the European Commission, and other European leaders were not only offering verbal support, but also material support to Israel. Meanwhile, the physical destruction of Gaza, the loss of thousands of innocent Palestinian lives, and the forced exodus of its population have been often referred to as ethnic cleansing, and even as a potential case of Genocide by different experts and members of international organizations, an opinion not shared by the governments of the global north. End quote, <laughs> yeah, we noticed. So up until this point, pretty good. But then he goes on to use loaded language that betrays the Uyghurs and indicates that he, the writer, Juan Alberto Ruiz Casado suffers from a double standard, similar to the one he is decrying. He notes that um, Pompeo's declaration that the mass internment of the Uyghurs constitutes a genocide was once again uh, undertaken in the closing days of the Trump administration, and then goes on to note that, quote, by March of the same year, 2021, Pompeo's successor, Antony Blinken, doubled down on this dubious claim and labeled China's actions in Xinjiang as genocide in a report issued by his office. Importantly, this decision contradicted the conclusions of State Department lawyers who had recently determined that there was not sufficient evidence to support the genocide claims. International media of the Global North propagated news of this alleged Genocide without further critical examination, as they do most negative stories about China. End quote. So, obviously, with use of these catchwords like dubious and alleged, Juan Alberto Ruiz Casado has something invested in cleaning up China's image. I'm not sure what, but the hypocrisy he rightly exposes sure is convenient to this aim. And as for that report from State Department lawyers, actually issued in February 2021 by the Department's Office of the Legal Advisor, actually found that China's mass imprisonment and forced labor of ethnic Uyghurs in Xinjiang do amount to crimes against humanity but that there was insufficient evidence to prove genocide. As if mere crimes against humanity, which Ruiz Casado doesn't mention, is some kind of exoneration, utter dishonesty. And they'll also point out that for all of the mutual tension and saber-rattling, the U.S. and Chinese economies continue to be completely interpenetrated and those export commodities being produced by Uyghur forced labor are coming here to the United States, among other Western markets. So an obvious incentive for the State Department to pull its punches in evaluating the situation. Okay, let's move on. This from Voice of America, June 23rd, 2023, Palestinian leaders' endorsement of China's Xinjiang policy sparks backlash. Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas recently visited Beijing, where he met with Chinese leader Xi Jinping and expressed support for China's treatment of Muslim Uyghurs in Xinjiang. His endorsement of China's policies and denial of the mistreatment of Muslims in Xinjiang drew criticism from politicians and rights activists during their meeting, in which Abbas sought economic aid. He and she issued a joint statement in which Abbas endorsed China's domestic and foreign policies while dismissing the human rights concerns in Xinjiang as Western concepts. United States and some other countries have designated China's treatment of Uyghurs and other Muslims in Xinjiang as genocide, and the UN Human Rights Office has stated that China's actions in Xinjiang may constitute crimes against humanity. China denies these allegations and considers them fabrications by anti-China forces. Abbas said in the joint statement that China's actions in Xinjiang have Nothing to do with human rights, quote unquote, (laughs) an unintentionally correct assertion, if you get me, but are aimed at countering extremism and terrorism, end quote. Bitterly disappointing Abbas, gotta say, but I guess he feels he has to do it because he needs the aid, and China backs the Palestinians in. The great game. But such compromises come at a cost. Our next clip from Muslim Matters website, October 19th, 2023. Why Uyghurs cannot unconditionally support Palestinians by Uyghur whistleblower, as the author calls his or herself. Quote, the Muslim Ummah, or community of believers, may wonder about the support of certain Uyghur organizations for the Israeli government because they see a contradiction given the shared suffering of the Uyghur community under Chinese occupation and the Palestinian cause. The Ummah may question why Uyghur organizations align themselves with a government that is criticized for its treatment of Palestinians, which has now amounted to genocide, especially since their struggles for independence and self-determination correlate. This divergence of perspectives can lead to uncertainty and curiosity among the Muslim Ummah, seeking to understand the diverse motivations behind such support. And in delineating these motivations. He writes a couple of paragraphs later. Uyghur advocacy groups navigate a complex international political landscape while seeking support for their own plight. This reality places them in a precarious position, often relying on broader alliances and partnerships to achieve their objectives. Some Uyghur organizations maintain diplomatic ties or receive support, from countries and organizations that also maintain close relations with Israel. This creates a challenge in openly supporting Palestinians, as it may disrupt these diplomatic relationships, collaborations, and potential aid. Quote. And he links to a tweet from Salih Hudayar, foreign minister, of the Washington, D.C.-based East Turkestan government in exile. Quote, While some Uyghurs may differ, I hashtag, stand with Israel against the aggression of Hamas, which is backed by China and Iran. As China supports Palestine, it relentlessly wages genocide and maintains an occupation in East Turkestan. Palestine, along with many Muslim nations, shamelessly sided with our oppressors. End quote. And that's true. China's position and that of the Palestinian Authority, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, is just as hypocritical as that of the U.S. and U.K. Mirror images of each other. I should point out here that in July 2019, when the mass internment of the Uyghurs was just beginning, 22 ambassadors from mostly Western countries, the list, as we've already noted, has since gotten longer, signed a letter to the UN Human Rights Council calling for pressure on China to end the mass detention in Xinjiang. Interestingly, No Muslim countries were signatories. Promptly, a retort was drafted by 37 other countries defending China's (coughs) vocational education and training centers, quote unquote, as a legitimate response to the grave challenge of terrorism and extremism, quote unquote. These signatories included Russia. North Korea, Venezuela, Cuba, Belarus, Burma, the Philippines, and also such Muslim states as Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Syria, Oman, Kuwait, Qatar, the United Arab Emirates, and Bahrain. It's all too obvious what's going on here. China's imperial rivals in the West Are exploiting the Uyghurs for propaganda purposes. States that are looking to China as a patron or ally, or wish to hide behind counter terrorism to excuse their own massive crimes or both, are exculpating Beijing. The genocide of the Rohingya in Burma being a very instructive example. And I'll point out another very instructive reality that China has not joined the genocide cases against Israel pending before both the International Court of Justice and the International Criminal Court, both cases brought by South Africa in alliance with various other governments, including Mexico, Chile, and Bolivia. And I think we know why. China also faced a genocide case at the ICC, International Criminal Court, over its treatment of the Uyghurs, brought by the East Turkestan government in exile and the East Turkestan National Awakening Movement. The case was dismissed in December 2020 on jurisdictional grounds, The People's Republic of China, like the United States and Russia, does not recognize the ICC. Neither does Israel, which continues to reject the authority of the ICC to investigate possible violations of international law in the occupied Palestinian territories. But the state of Palestine, which has UN observer status, and is recognized by 139 of the 193 UN member states, does recognize the ICC. And the West Bank and Gaza are technically under the sovereignty of the state of Palestine, at least for those 139 states that recognize it. Although, in reality, of course, it doesn't have much power on the ground. And in fact, the ICC opens a preliminary investigation into the occupied Palestinian territory in January 2015 in response to petitioning by the Palestinian Authority, a move, of course, bitterly protested by Israel and the United States. Another short but very interesting statement, cutting through the double standard on both sides, appears on the International Marxist Humanist website, Entitled, quite succinctly, The Uyghurs and the Palestinians, the author is identified only as Chinese student. Obviously, he or she is seeking to avoid retribution, possibly even against his or her family back in China, given that the author is said to be studying in the U.S. the oppression of Uyghurs in China compares to that of the Palestinians. Seeing the news about the October 7th attack by Palestinian militants under Hamas from Gaza into Israel, I hope to share my perspective from the special standpoint of a person of partly Uyghur descent, coming from China and now studying in the United States. To me, the stories of the Uyghurs and the Palestinians are very similar. Both are under decades of oppression, with their freedom gradually eroded. In these decades, they have been continually resisting, but are rarely seen, except for occasionally being brought to the fore by imperialist states from both sides to play their games of politics. I hope that we can let go of our prejudice and be dialectical. Don't see things through the lenses of state, religion, or ethnicity, but as people oppressed for decades. Fighting to be free. End quote. Very good. And as for the contention that the Palestinian struggle is not seen, well, I've said before that Gaza is not an underreported conflict, but the ongoing civil struggle of the Palestinians, particularly to defend their lands from expropriation on the West Bank, has indeed been grossly underreported. And it's interesting that, you know, when Palestinians resort to militant attacks or terrorism, quote-unquote, of course it makes headlines. But it doesn't make headlines when they engage in ongoing civil campaigns for defense of their lands. Ongoing nonviolent campaigns. And then we all act, or we're all supposed to act like the latter doesn't exist. Very deeply out of whack. And on the other side... Palestinian solidarity with the Uyghurs. I note a tweet from Uyghur activist Abdulgeni Sabit of December 21st, 2018, quote, around five hundred Palestinian Muslims at Omari Mosque in northern Gaza expressed their solidarity and praying for Uyghurs in Chinese-occupied East Turkestan. End quote. With photos of mostly young kids at the Omari Mosque in Gaza City holding up homemade signs with the Palestinian and East Turkestan flags in support of the Uyghurs. Very encouraging. And I must sadly note that the Omari Mosque, the strip's largest and oldest, located in Gaza City's Old Town, is among those that has sustained damage in the bombardment. And finally, this last one has a note of grim humor, if you will. This one's from The Guardian, November 11th, 2023. How Chinese firm linked to repression of Uyghurs aids Israeli surveillance in West Bank. (laughs) Camera is made by Hikvision which is blacklisted in U.S., blanket the occupied West Bank, according to Amnesty International. Quote, In the occupied Palestinian territories, there are cameras everywhere. In Silwan, in occupied East Jerusalem, residents say cameras were installed by Israeli police up and down their streets, peering into their homes. Surveillance cameras now cover the Damascus Gate, the main entrance into the old city of Jerusalem, and one of the only public areas for Palestinians to gather socially and hold demonstrations. It's at that gate that, quote, Palestinians are being watched and assessed at all times, according to an Amnesty International report entitled Automated Apartheid. Among the vendors behind these surveillance cameras Is a company that has been accused of aiding what the U.S. has categorized as a genocide. Hickvision, based in Hangzhou, China, the company is one of the world's largest makers of video surveillance equipment. Already infamous among international human rights groups, it has been blacklisted by the U.S. for being complicit in China's repression of the Uyghur ethnic minority end quote. And here the story links to a document from the U.S. Commerce Department End User Review Committee, in which HickVision is listed among proscribed companies. That says it all, doesn't it? That says every little thing that needs to be said. Once again, that's why they call it a great game. Yet another example of how a global divide and rule racket is the essence of the international state system. It is more critical than ever that we don't fall for it. For Palestinian Uyghur solidarity, and all eyes on Rafah, hope to see some of you out in the streets this coming week. If there are going to be any demonstrations for Rafa in the New York area, please be in touch and let me know, because I haven't heard of any yet. We'll be back next week with an update. This has been Bill Weinberg with The Counter Vortex. Please check us out online at countervortex.org, where everything I've been ranting about tonight is um, assiduously blogged up hyperlinked, and documented. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash countervortex. We badly need your support of just one or two dollars a week to keep going. Join the countervortex, join the resistance, and rant on you next time.